Welcome to Pack Talk Podcast, episode 101, and we got a bunch of dog trainers at the table today, and I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. Mm. All right, I'm not answering any questions, I'm just asking questions. Mm. All right, which we're changing it up. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, we're going to go around the table. In one minute or less, you're going to tell me it's not an option. You're going to tell me who you are, your background, why you got into dog training, and some of your hobbies. All this in one minute or less? We're going to start with Chris. You got one minute starting now. Okay. Uh, I became a dog trainer because of my dog. Oh, name first. Name first. Tell me Oh, my name is Chris. I'm a trainer here at Canine Revolution Dog Training. Uh, I got into dog training because my dog Vader, he was well, reactive. Hold up, hold up. You, Holy, right, can I, I you're, me, I'm, I'm on a time. Let me here. ask you one minute, at, let me ask you one section of the question at a time. Okay, all right. All right, tell me who you are. I am, my name is Chris. I'm a dog trainer. Okay. Here at Canine Revolution Dog Training. Give me, well, you're more than a dog trainer. I am a dog trainer. You're more than a dog trainer. Lead trainer. <clears throat> Newly promoted to lead trainer. I'm the lead trainer. Okay, so tell me your background. <laughs> what did you do before just, dog training? I, I was a police officer for... Nine years, something like that. What'd you um, do in the police force? I was patrol, did did SWAT, did investigations, did honor guard, did a lot of stuff. Okay. Why'd you get into dog training? Got into dog training because my dog Vader was reactive, super aggressive with other dogs, and working him with you through that developed my passion for working for dogs like that. All right. What's some of your hobbies? Uh, I like hanging out with my family a big hobby us hanging out yeah well, you guys too yeah but i was talking about like you know my oh your my legit kids, family like my, my boys. Your actual that's, family that's like yeah. required though is that really a hobby i mean yeah <laughs> so not, not a lot of people do that these days well you know i mean me? that's like family life yeah what's your hobby like your personal hobby uh i mean i like i like firearms training I like doing jujitsu uh i like food well, yeah hobby. we know that what's your hobby food well we just recently <laughs> found out about chris via his wife this that, is not, not that true. he has a candy addiction. No, I wouldn't say it's an addiction. Gotta, <laughs> okay, it's under. She control. says things a little bit differently. It's under control. If you're saying that it's under control, that means you're actually addicted. No, no, no. That's like one of the signs of no, 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 addicts. No, no. Right? no, I can go without <laughs> if I need to. Okay, all right. Well, we went over a minute, so now it's Aaron's turn. Aaron, tell me who you are. My name's Aaron. I'm a dog trainer. Okay, give me your background. What did you do before dog training? Uh, I was a teacher for four years. All right, what kind of teacher? Uh, physical education and health, and then I coach sports. Okay. Why'd sports. you get into dog training? Um, my house was chaos. Is I had, it that or indeed? Well, and indeed, <laughs> indeed was good. But yeah, my house was chaos. Um, pack structure just non-existent. No pack structure. No. And uh, they knew it. Oh yeah, you knew it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Give me some of your hobbies. Um. Well. Dog training, for sure. Well, that's work. Ah, uh, well, and it's fun. Hobby. Okay, so he asks these questions and then gives you all these stipulations. I like okay. I like hiking. I like reading. Mm-hmm. I like gardening. I like eating. Mm-hmm. eating I too, like working huh? out. That's fun sometimes, depending on the workout. Fun sometimes. Yeah. Wow. Depend- it's never fun. Depending <laughs> on the workout. You know, trainer workout. I don't know. Well, last night, kind of fun, talking about eating, Chris and Aaron both mentioned their hobbies are eating. Last night, me and Kevin were doing some distraction work in Somerville. We walked by a restaurant. Chris and Aaron were there eating. What the heck? I'm pretty they, sure they you were there. They were also there, there with <laughs> us. You were there. FYI. I'm also pretty sure like I came we with went Chris. together, all of us. I know. I arrived with Chad. That was just all over the place. Chad likes to make things up and twist twist information. Chad right. ordered queso. We went over one minute. Well, you paid for it. Aaron ate it. 
She got her involuntarily. Aaron ate most of the queso. All right, Aaron ate most of the queso. Chris had most of the tacos. Normal day. All right, moving on. Kevin, tell me who you are. Kevin, I'm a dog trainer. <laughs> That's Kevin right there. He can do the minute or less. He's good to go. All right, Kevin, tell me what you did before dog training. Uh, I was a corrections officer with SCDC. Okay. Um, what's that like? It's fun. You get pooped thrown at you? Pooped thrown at you. You get stabbed. You get constantly disrespected, all for $30,000 a year. Nice. All right. Sign me up. Why'd you get into dog training <laughs> other than you didn't want poop thrown at you? At least human poop thrown <laughs> at you. Yeah, I'll still deal with the poop thing, you know. <laughs> uh, I was just really curious about dogs. Worked uh, next to a lot of canine handlers. You know, saw them in action during my time there uh, with the riot team and contraband team. So just kind of curious how they operate. And my dog was uh, pretty jacked up before I became a dog trainer, too. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, give me some of your hobbies. Uh, so I do jujitsu with Chris and you, uh, and Jake, and Jake. Can't mm-hmm. can't forget about Juicy Jake. Yep. And back into the uh, working out, getting back into that program. Like it, it's fun. And then uh, hang out at the house, hang out with my dogs, a game a little bit, wind down, read, keep it low key. Good nice. to go. That's Kevin. It's a good day. All right. Before we proceed on here, Chris, tell me about. When you first got to Canine Revolution dog training, mm. the first day, uh huh, did you do an interview or you didn't do an interview? I don't remember. Uh, we did. We had some. Right, we had some Waffle House meetings. Oh, the Waffle House. Yeah, yeah. Food again with Chris. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you scheduled. Well, let me you tell said, you. Meet about- me at Waffle House. I said, well, why don't we just get coffee? <laughs> no, 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 no. Come to Waffle. Well, House. let me tell you the actual story. Before Chris started working here, I was never really eating out. Oh, here Chris we go. Chris started working here. Yeah, he's he's yeah. an ex-cop. Here you we know. Go. He's like, hey, we got to stop for this. We got to stop for that. So I started eating out all the time. You know, kind of got out of control mm-hmm. eating out. Mm-hmm. So that's Could've what happened. Could have said no. Could have said no. <laughs> he couldn't. So you had your interview at Waffle House? Uh, your, I don't know. Your, no, I don't know. Your we talks? Yeah. I think we just your initial would meet. Talks. And as we were working with Vader, uh, we'd just meet to talk about dog theory, like how everything kind of works, comes together, dog, you know, how, how, how progressions look like. So it's kind of informal back in mm-hmm. those days. Mm-hmm. So Over know. a waffle. Yeah. Chocolate chips. Waffle. Yeah. Blueberry. Blueberry. Yeah. Good one. Aaron, what was your interview like? <laughs> well, your first day ever at Canine Revolution. Um, your interview. Your my first interview day or your first, first day? day interview? Well, I tried to have my interview and first day be the same, and you told me to <laughs> kick rocks. Um, but my interview was just coming here, having a conversation with you, you asking me if I work out, mm. and then what Critical my- Critical question on the interview. Uh-huh. How was the drive? Well, if we ask like a perspective trainer, like, <laughs> "What are your hobbies?" and they don't say working out, they're already out. Mm-hmm. Right? Like so you that's got all, like you got you got to prove much, much more. <laughs> but yeah, we also ask, "How was your drive?" and if you say it sucked, we're like, "You're out." Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first day, I was nervous. I started with a bunch of people though, so I was like in my head, like, mm-hmm. "I have to be better than all of them." Well, that's good. A little competition. Yeah, yeah. You know, friendly. You get that competitive you spirit. You with a bunch of people? Oh, mm-hmm. oh right, mm-hmm. that bad. Okay. I was like a whole batch of new TAs. Yeah. And then... Um, Don't remember that. Jordan, I think. I had a... That was a, my a, my first day, first little dog nip, right when I reached oh, really? in the kennel. Yeah. Oh, what dog was that? A uh, little French bulldog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Kevin, uh, what was your interview like? I just drove up and met you. We did a kennel tour, and you're like, when do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> All right, good to go. All right, so we're going to jump into some questions here, and you guys let me know your answers. All right. Uh, Aaron, 
What would you say is the most common problem that dog owners experience with their dogs and how would you resolve it? Mm. I feel like the most common problem is going to be anthropomorphizing dogs or communication. So how they talk to dogs. What's anthropomorphizing? Where they kind of give them human traits they pass it on to their dogs oh like they're they put little jackets yeah. on them and they're you know, panting heavily they get them like little cookies and oh. you know these yeah. kind of things yeah. <laughs> okay. and then they're panting they think they're happy or their tails wagging they think they're happy so mm. things like that where oftentimes just that lack of knowledge and us thinking like you see an elongated mouth you think it's smiling like mm-hmm. we're oftentimes reinforcing more undesirable behaviors without realizing that so just educating people as best we can you know helping them however we can informing them as we get to know their dog like what these things mean um that way hopefully it really sets in and i mean it's hard because we uh we really want to believe uh or i say we the owners really want to believe that like they're doing what's right for their dog they have Mm -hmm. good intentions um so it's a hard transition to get them to realize that they need to change some things Mm -hmm. i think any uh, resources you would mention anybody trying to learn this stuff at home? Uh, yeah, our podcasts. Mm. Good stuff. Um, we do YouTube videos, our podcasts, or just uh, contacting a trainer, you mm-hmm. know, talking to them. Uh, you know, we talk to people all the time who we don't who don't necessarily sign up, you right. know, just kind of educating them. Right. So just seeking, you know, that help as best they can and not accepting the first thing they hear. Right. right? Like mm. do your research. Mm. Uh, that was a big problem I had was like you see so many conflicting things mm-hmm. across the board for dog behavior and health and everything. And so it can be frustrating, but mm-hmm. I feel like once you like me finding this company, like, you know, I didn't talk to any others but once Mm. you feel like you're getting the right answers Mm -hmm. it really like you just have that ease and that relief kind of already play in you Mm -hmm. know so what makes you feel like you got a right answer is it because someone can verbalize what they're saying or explain you can explain it and like i mean i feel like when we like you guys do a great job of explaining things in detail and you know that's from experience Mm. and so when you can kind of picture how things look across the board Mm -hmm. you know like Uh, I hear things and I'm like, oh, yeah, my dog does that. Right. And then so just kind of talking about the experience and just being honest. Right. Like it's not butterflies and rainbows all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, this happened. And then the next day it it was fixed. Right. Sometimes it's months, sometimes weeks, just depending on the dog. Mm -hmm. So just kind of learning who you can trust Mm -hmm. and like that and relationship. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that goes a long way into being like, okay, I'm I know this. This will work you know so yeah good to go kevin what would you say makes a dog trainer a good dog trainer there's a lot of dog trainers out there Mm -hmm. what would you say are some things that make a dog trainer a good dog trainer i would say having the knowledge and experience to be able to adjust in real time not uh you know sticking to oh this is how you dog train this is it it's not working dog can't be trained it's like that's just not a good answer it's not a sign of a good dog trainer i mean you take any, almost any other profession, any other trade, things are going to happen where it's not going to fit that cookie-cutter mold. You're going to have to adjust. And if you don't have the capacity or the know-how or even the desire to want to better your craft and adjust like that, then you're just not going to be a good trainer. Mm-hmm. How would a dog owner looking for a trainer figure that out? How would they figure out if somebody can adjust on the fly or not? I mean, you got to do some serious vetting. You know, I think that uh, 
our most recommended podcast is the one we did on vetting a trainer, mm-hmm. asking them these tough questions. You know, and any any profession that you seek out, if you're being thorough with somebody to give them your business, if they start getting mad, that's going to be your red flag right there to get out. You mm-hmm. know, they're not questioning your ability to do it. They're questioning whether or not they can be comfortable enough with you or you can provide them the service that they need. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'll sit there and I'll talk to somebody for an hour or two. They can rapid fire any question. I'm never going to stutter. I'm mm-hmm. never going to skip or get upset because I want them to be comfortable. But mm-hmm. also I have the knowledge to, to be able to do that. Right. You know? And the experience. And the experience. How many years have you been training? I'm, you know? I'm almost at five right five now. Years. Yeah. yeah. All right, Chris, what makes a dog trainer a bad dog trainer? <laughs> I mean, the opposite of what Kevin said, you know what I'm saying? So you can't you can't critically think. You can't think outside the box, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's basically essentially what Kevin's talking about, critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay, this, yeah, sure, there's a general progression as to what we should do, right? What happens when that doesn't work? Oh, I should be luring this dog with food. What if what if they're not food motivated? What if all these what if my dog's so stressed that they can't they can't think like do you know how to troubleshoot those types of things? You know what I mean? So can you think outside the box? So not being able to do that is uh is is a big big red flag for, you know, a sign of not a good trainer. Yeah. But also, like I th- I feel like there's two categories. Like I would just say there's dog trainer and then professional dog trainer, right? Mm-hmm. So like there's people that are dog trainers and those are like, hey, I can teach a dog to sit or down or sit. Like I can teach some dogs tricks and behaviors and mm-hmm. things like that. A professional dog trainer has a much bigger picture as to what this dog needs, how to troubleshoot things like anthropomorphism. How do you communicate that to an owner that struggles with anthropomorphism? Like, mm-hmm. hey, I feel that my dog needs these these things, these human things, right? Mm-hmm. My dog needs to be comfortable all the time. My dog doesn't, I don't want him to be stressed when there's value. Even for us as humans, there's is value to be stressed, right? To a dog mm-hmm. trainer, a professional dog trainer has the ability to communicate all of those things, right? So if, you, if you're not able to do that, you're not a good dog trainer, right. in my opinion. What about uh, appearances? You know, you have yeah. two dog trainers walking to your house. You I mean, know. that's just life, man. I mean, that, that goes across the board. Like if I'm if I'm talking to two people and one person's, you know, they're they're well taken care of, got maybe not a fresh haircut, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Sometimes my beard gets a little bit wild, wild you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, like they look clean, their clothes, you know, it's not all wrinkly, their their hygiene is decent, they don't smell like a garbage can, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, overweight, you know what I'm saying? All these things. So like if I'm if I'm seeing somebody that's super overweight, their clothes are uh, wrinkled. It's mm-hmm. like they they're they're waking up just just right when the alarm clock goes in, just in time to go to work. And it's like they're always behind. They're always running late to things. Mm. Uh, versus somebody that looks very clean, well kept. They're always early to things. It's like mm-hmm. that's in life. I'm going with that person 100 percent of the time because mm-hmm. that's that tells me how they're going to take care of my dog. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If this this person's gonna uh, their progression's gonna be a little bit lazy. They're going to be trying to take shortcuts. They're going to be running out of time all the time because mm-hmm. they don't use their time efficiently. Mm-hmm. They don't take care of themselves, so they're damn sure not going to take care of my dog. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So appearance is definitely everything. Even even you know from the moment the car pulls up, any any business that I do, I have somebody come over for a consultation or whatever. I look at you know their car. You know there's mm-hmm. there's fast food wrappers crumped up all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Celsius cans falling out. <laughs> Wait, are you describing my car? No, that's Ben's. <laughs> it's like a '95 Corolla with the window <laughs> missing. <laughs> it's like I mean, and, it, and it's not even like okay, you got to have the top, the best of the best, but you can tell when somebody takes care of themselves and their things versus mm-hmm. somebody that doesn't. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, the appearance definitely matters. 100%. Should you ask a dog trainer if you're talking to them if they deadlift? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. How much, dude? Yeah. Right. How often do you deadlift? <laughs> right. You know? I mean, I have a great dance, so they better be able to pick up a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just coming up in casual conversation. <laughs> right, you know what I'm right. saying? And like, and you'll know right off the rip. You're like, okay, this person's in shape. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah, you work out? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I have I've had people come over. You know, I had the UPS guy one time recently. Mm-hmm. He came over. He's like, he sees my treehouse gym. He's like, oh, oh yeah. bro, I like the gym. Oh, and yeah. this dude's jacked. You know, oh, so yeah. we just have a conversation. Did you get a lift like, in with him? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I felt like he wanted to. I was like, I don't. Is he on steroids? I didn't want to. I didn't want to lift with him. I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna smoke me. But, you know, like you see that can come up naturally in conversations. Hey, mm-hmm. you work out versus like you're like, I know you don't work out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh yeah. And then yeah. I might might you might not get my business. Right. I don't know. Right. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, what are some qualities that you would look for in a veterinarian? Mm. Mm. Um, mm. I, I went through this a, a lot. good question. I, I mm. do vet, veterinarians. You vet veterinarians? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd want to try. I want to find one that fits me. She's got a good vet. I do have a good vet. So I want someone who's going to communicate me with me, obviously. Mm-hmm. So like uh, a big thing from COVID, you know, mm-hmm. we can't go in with mm-hmm. our dog anymore. Mm-hmm. So and to a level, like I understand, like I can't go back into the office with my with my dog, but right. I want to be in the building. Like I want, right. you know. So communicating to me my options, you know, um, making sure that they are letting me know you know, across the board, the positives, the, the negatives, you know, things that I need to know. Um, not just, you know, you can tell when you feel like someone's just trying to get your money, mm-hmm. right. For, for unnecessary reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but also kind of like what Chris said, like, what is their appearance? You know, are they, mm-hmm. are they overweight? Do they look like they take care of themselves? Like, how are you gonna make good recommendations for my dog? Mm-hmm. If, if you can't, you know, hold yourself to those this, those things as an adult. Right. Um, but also I like seeing a consistent doctor. So are you constantly going to try to book me with someone who doesn't know my dogs? Um, mm. I want to see the same person. Mm. Um, and just that they form a relationship with me, right? Like mm-hmm. they remember the things I say, the things we talk about. I'm just not someone who walks into their office and, you know, they're like, who's Harper? Mm. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, when was she last year? Like mm-hmm. they do their, they're diligent. Right. You know? Well, That's they have notes important. on you. They review their notes before they meet with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, you you like feeling like you you're known, you know. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that you're important. I mean, we do we work hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice when it's reciprocated. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Good to go. I want to add on to that. Yeah. Okay. I need a vet, especially for us being in the dog world. I need one that's actually going to listen yeah, to me, and like value my opinion on behavior things right Mm -hmm. so i have Mm -hmm. two right now that i can go to that are very good they listen to me they let me do what i need to do like i remember back when i had like lulu and wally i took them to a random vet just to try to start building up you know where they should go and they were not letting me do what i need to do wally's extremely nervous they're Mm -hmm. overbearing on him they're hugging him wrapping Mm -hmm. pheromone soaked (laughs) handkerchiefs around his neck (laughs) and i'm like this is not the way to do it and they're just blowing me off yeah Mm -hmm. they're force feeding him from a cheese mat now he's got diarrhea for the next four days (laughs) holy shit so i need one that's gonna be like listen to me be like hey this dog you know like i got roxy right now she's not comfortable with just anybody so i'm like hey i'm gonna keep her attention on me i'll control her like everything's good to go Mm -hmm. and the vet that says okay got that instead of oh no no my my people will do it it's you know red flag for me but Mm -hmm. um, i value that oh yeah yeah that is important i just don't have dogs that are I mean, if I'm going to listen to vets, if I'm going to listen to vets about medicine, I do want them to listen to me somewhat about behaviors. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Exactly. Humble. Good to go. Kevin, what are the pros and cons of a board and train dog training program versus private lessons versus group lessons? Mm. Oh. 
I would say that the biggest pro to board and train that when done correctly, like the way that we do it, you can address any issue, any problem, and you have the consistency to overcome it versus like a one-on-one session or a group session, right? If I'm dealing with, say, bad insecurity, hardcore reactivity, that one-on-one session or that group session may not be the move, right? Because the consistency may be lacking. There may be too many factors in the environment, such as all these dogs. I mean, y'all on the podcast can see where we're at right now. If I have an extremely insecure dog that can't operate with factors in the environment, I can come to this field where nothing's happening mm-hmm. and there's focus on us, you know? Mm-hmm. Can I have that owner do that and come out here and do that as well? Yes. But what's likely going to happen when they go home? And it's no fault to them. They have jobs. They have a family. They have all of these priorities going on. The dogs are my priority in my day-to-day. Mm-hmm. So from a board and train aspect alone, I'd say that's the number one thing to go through with any dog just because the consistency factors are there. Now – the pros to obviously uh, like one-on-one sessions or group sessions where you're still kind of one-on-one is you're building that that bond with your dog as you're teaching them the behaviors. But through a board and train, all of that is transferable to you anyway, mm-hmm. as long as you follow along with the transition period guidelines that we have set. Um, so I would say cons more so for me, and I'm biased, but <laughs> private lessons and group lessons, you can be successful. I don't think that you're going to be as successful as you would with a board and train at least not in the same time frame, not anywhere near the same time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say that that was a con. But if you have the time and the dedication to do it and you wanted to go through that experience with your dog while also learning maybe to train future dogs that you get, then that's a good pro for you. Mm-hmm. But board and train for me across the board. What about cons to a <clears throat> uh, group session versus just a private session? A group session, I would say that you there's not a lot of focus on just you and your dog. It's, hey, do this. Now I have 15 other people doing this at the same time. I'm going to have varying degrees of success, right? Mm-hmm. One dog may be very engaging and very interactive and catching on quick. Another dog may need more time, but I can't stall that group session for that one dog. I have to keep it moving for everybody to stay engaged basically Mm -hmm. so the con to that would be some people are going to progress some people are going to fall behind and i feel like it's just not as a a a good of a setting because Mm -hmm. you can't have that that strong one-on-one i can't see everything you're doing if you're doing something wrong while i'm focused on somebody else i can't correct it now you're reinforcing it now we're creating bad behaviors you know when we're trying to address the undesirable ones so yeah uh yeah it's just kind of chaotic honestly yeah absolutely (laughs) Chris, what are your thoughts on the potential remote collar ban in the UK? Uh, I don't like it. It's garbage. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, to me, it's like take a roofing company. Hey, we're going to ban nail guns. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a tool of the trade. Uh, yeah, you can you can use a tool in a inappropriate way that's going that can long term be harmful to a dog. Hundred percent. Just like I could take a nail gun and and use it not for its intended purposes and cause harm to somebody you know what i'm saying so like if there's a there's a right way to use a remote collar there's a wrong way there's multiple wrong ways to use a remote collar right so uh i don't think it justifies banning things now we're here in america we've got a lot of freedom here i don't don't like banning anything like i mean i should have the right to use whatever i want Mm -hmm. um you know what i'm saying so i don't i don't agree with it um I think people should just educate themselves on the proper way to use remote callers. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's I think it's going to I think it already has had some negative effects because the remote caller can be a very, very valuable tool in helping a lot of dogs overcome certain behavioral issues that now they're getting put down. These dogs are getting killed uh, because of 
slight reactivity or whatever. Or mm-hmm. I mean, in the, in the UK, they're 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 killing dogs because they're a certain breed mm-hmm. or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's hind- I think it's going to be a hindrance more than uh, helping. Let's say there is a remote collar ban in the UK. How can people work around that to try and achieve the highest level of training? Uh, I'd reach out to maybe an American company mm-hmm. that that trains dogs, maybe like Canine Revolution Dog Training. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. See if maybe they can ship you one personally or something. You know what I mean? Again, I'm I'm American. I'm a rebel. I'm a, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my thing, and I'm a, I'm gonna do what's best for my dogs, regardless across the board. So, uh, I mean, there's there's collars that are built for hiding those that, like uh, flat collars that the remote collar goes on the inside. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know the intricacies of what what like how the, how do they regulate it i don't know like i would imagine you could have somebody in the u.s mail you one mm-hmm. and you can use it but maybe you're going to get a fine you got to be able to live with that right mm-hmm. so like that's something you got to think about but end of the day can it can training be done without the remote collar yes you know what i'm saying but you got to have realistic expectations like the benefits to the remote collar is your communication is going to be your timing is going to be very good it's going to be very consistent especially if you're talking about let's say we're all a family living together with dogs you know what i mean like our corrections, our accountability, our communication can be very consistent with that remote caller versus like, let's say we use leash corrections that might vary a little bit based on all four of us, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Or based on your understanding of accountability or what that should look like or anthropomorphism comes into the play as well, right? Like, I don't want to correct my dog or they don't need these corrections or anything like that. So it's Mm -hmm. like remote callers, in my opinion, make those things a little bit easier as long as the conditioning process, of course, Mm -hmm. all that stuff's been done, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, it can be done without the remote caller. You know, there's a a lady from the UK that I've I've been talking to, you know, and she's trying it without the remote caller and and Mm -hmm. has pretty good success, but it's still dealing with some reactivity and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you just got to do more reps. You got to do more reps. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's trainers in the UK doing all this stuff without remote callers and mm-hmm. having a lot of success um but at the end of the day it's a tool it can help you yeah so. well the cool. hypocrisy is that they they ban those remote callers and it's cited in the bill for the safety and well-being of dogs mm-hmm. and then first of the year this year they executed thousands of dogs yeah. just because they're bully breeds where if they would allowed proper training or the remote callers to be utilized mm-hmm. these incidents probably would have never been an issue yeah. anyway yeah. you know to the extent that they are mm-hmm. so it's just like very hypocritical bite themselves it shows that they truly don't understand dog training mm-hmm. and like I said thankfully we live in america so i mean know. we've we have had i mean firsthand knowledge of people that have communicated to us situations where their dog died and it could have been saved with right. a remote collar right you know what yeah. i'm saying having pro- having that community i mean we all know dogs have prey drive when they get into drive you know what I'm saying? It's not about, well, your training wasn't good enough or you didn't have a solid enough recall. It's like, well, maybe you just needed some communication in that moment mm-hmm. and you didn't have it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And now your dog ran into the street, got hit by a car or, or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. When I could have corrected them for not recalling, they understand that because we've we've gone through this repetition after repetition, thousands of repetitions. Bam, my dog stops at a dime, comes back to me because yeah. it got an appropriate correction on a remote collar. Mm-hmm. Saved yeah. its life. You know what I'm saying? Bad thing is there's bad dog trainers out there misusing tools, which then gives the tool a bad rep, 100%. you yeah. know, and it's due to the improper training that's being done, not the tool itself, sure. you know, so. The problem is, is those, those trainers are going to still be over there. They're like, still going to be gonna be. There's still going to be training. Now they don't, they don't use a remote collar. Now they're going to be using much more physical methods. Right. Prongs. Still, still fucking dogs up. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, bad trainer is always going to be a bad trainer. Right. I wouldn't even call him a trainer, yeah. honestly. No, just, just spraying with a water bottle. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Aaron, if you are observing a litter of two-week-old puppies, what are you looking at and why? Interesting, interesting. interesting question. Didn't you guys yeah. just look at some puppies? No, 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 no. Uh, Less than 24 hours I ago? I touched them, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Aaron was happy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was my boost Did you for cry? the day. Uh, almost. I thought she was watering me. <laughs> <laughs> they said I could touch one, and I looked like SpongeBob. She's like putting it in her pocket. <laughs> what? what puppy? Aaron, answer the question. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So we're looking for you know, like, well, like we talked about yesterday, right? Like, where are they within their pack? Where are they within their litter? Are they all clumped up with each other? Or is there some that are separated? Um, when we separate them physically, where do they go? What is their reaction um, when you pick a two-week-old puppy up? You're starting to kind of desensitize them to things. So things like touching their paws, their teeth, their ears, uh, petting them, you know, turning them towards you, talking to them, getting them used to the sounds of that, getting them used to sounds um, like the vacuum, you know, things that as they get older could cause potential issues, right? Like dogs afraid of the vacuum, they want to run all over the place um, or they start reacting at the vacuum. So just kind of desensitizing that. Um, And then when you put them down, where do they go? Do they go right back to another dog? Are they cool on their own? Um, You're starting to look at them if they're opening their eyes and uh, just kind of taking all that in, you know, a lot of info to kind of go through. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently I learned they're exposing them to scents. So making sure that they're uh, see what their reaction is to certain smells um, and just kind of getting them prepared for the world. Yeah, good to go. Kevin, do dog breeds matter? Why or why not? That's a vague question. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> see where Kevin takes it. So if you're lo- if you're looking <laughs> for something, obviously you need to go with a certain breed because you look at like what breeds have been, you know, genetically bred for, say, security purposes over – you know, generations, right? You're looking at like Cane Corsos, Dobermans, you know, things of that nature. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're going to get any Cane Corso or any Doberman or any German Shepherd and they're going to be good mm-hmm. for the security purpose, you know? I always reference to people like, I've trained German Shepherds that when you walked into the house, they would just go hide in the corner and pee on themselves. Mm-hmm. And I've trained Frenchies that you could get on a bite sleeve, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it's all about drives and personality more so to me than breed. Now, I know people have certain breeds that they go for you know like hey i've had goldens my whole life right now you get a golden that's like dominant has a history Mm -hmm. it's a little different so it's not necessarily going to be clear cut across the board that if i get this dog i'm going to achieve this goal with it but if you go and vet your breeder and you Mm -hmm. do all the things that you need to do and you go through the questionnaire and you know what you're looking for you can get the dog that you want for that purpose but you just can't pick anyone from the shelter or anything like that so Mm -hmm. at the core breed matters if you have a preference or if you're looking for a certain something but to me not really i Mm -hmm. look more so personality and drives Mm -hmm. well and i think to add to that too having realistic expectations Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. knowing if you want a certain breed right before you get into is it going to be protection is it going to be you know whatever or just my dog who's obedient like what are you bringing into your home right Mm -hmm. like so we kind of talked about this with puppies yesterday right so uh, if I live in an apartment with no yard and I w- I'm a nurse who's got a crazy schedule, I'm not going to go get a Malinois puppy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, yes, they're cute. And yes, I, I like their energy, but I don't have the time for that breed. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think making sure you do your research, a general research on the history of the breed is very important before you decide to take them in. Because at the end of the day, 
that dog is going to be the one that potentially suffers mm-hmm. or that you get more behaviors that you have to work through um, because you just you don't have that environment or that lifestyle for that dog. Mm-hmm. Another thing is if you do get these dogs for these purposes, when you go to a breeder, you're, prob- you're going to pay. It's going to be a high dollar. Mm-hmm. I've had many times where my clients have been like, yeah, I was looking at these, but I got these guys instead because, you know, they were only $800 a pup versus 3000 mm-hmm. It's like we want them to do X, Y, and Z, and then you have to break to them. These dogs are not suitable for that, mm-hmm. at least not right now. Mm-hmm. You can go through all of this, and maybe we can get to that point, but likelihood is we're not going to achieve that versus have you spent the money at a reputable breeder and did everything that you needed to do probably would have had an easier time transitioning into that to get the desired service that you wanted mm-hmm. well i mean i i would apply that across the board mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. don't I, even if it's not hey uh, it's not a protection dog it's just a pet dog just a family dog go to a still if you want to go the, the puppy route go to a reputable breeder mm-hmm. if you're going to a breeder i've said this so many times with people clients that are reaching out I'm like hey i'll help you i'll help you vet the breeder i'll help you select the puppy selection we'll we'll, we'll go through that whole process it might take some time right mm-hmm. you find a good reputable breeder they're like hey two-year wait list, three-year wait list, mm-hmm. right? But then what happens? Like, hey, you know what? I found this other one. They got a puppy right now ready to go. Mm-hmm. And it's like that by it. And I'm not saying to just walk away, but that right there could be a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, let's look into this more. Eh, we're ready to go. We got the puppy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> dang. And then later on, there's like all these genetic issues like insecurity coming up, and, and which you can still have insecurity and anxiety, all that stuff in a well-bred uh, litter as well, right? Yeah. But uh, you want to set yourself up for success as much as possible. So regardless of what what the purpose uh, of that dog, if you're going the puppy route, vet the breeders. That's super important. I mean, even vetting a rescue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've, I've trained some badass rescue dogs. Oh, ha- you know? yeah, 100%. Yeah, so if you, if you just do some education or just reach out, like Chris said, I mean, we've helped people in the past. You say, hey, I have this is my training goals. I have this dog that I'm looking at at this rescue. Can you go look at it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can check it out. We can put it through some tests just to see it and just to map out like what it may take to reach those goals. Mm-hmm. But I mean, any dog that you're getting, just just vet. You know, just educate yourself. You know, continue to seek that so that you can make a good choice. You know, mm-hmm. and you're not disappointed three years later because your German Shepherd won't get on a bite sleep. Mm-hmm. Or it, but if you did, to, sorry to keep the tangent going, right? <laughs> but let's just keep say, going. let's say, let's say I made the call because I did that. I made emotional decisions, got dogs before. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you made the emotional I, decision when you walked into the gas station and got a big bag of Skittles. What? Okay, yeah. this is irrelevant. <laughs> sorry, irrelevant <laughs> to the discussion, right? So like Vader, straight up was an emotional thing. Like, mm-hmm. like we go to the shelter. He's 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 just laying. He's slinking back in the corner already. Things that you could know, right? Like, hey, there's probably some potential insecurity here. We walk by. He's barking. We're like, oh, he wants to go. Well, home you didn't us. know what you knew now. Back then. Exactly right, but <laughs> if I didn't know now, didn't know <laughs> but we made a call, copyright, we made an emotional copyright. decision, and I took Keith. that. I t- we we adopted him. You know what I'm saying? So like now, he's my dog. So it's not even about like yes, there were things like in my head. I'm like, I want him to be this badass protection dog, and I'm like, yeah, we did some of that stuff, but it's like he just wasn't that dog. So it's like take the dog, like this is the dog I have. Make him the best. Make him him or her the best dog that they can be to fit your lifestyle. It's like. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of things that I wasn't anticipating that I didn't want out of Vader that he brought to the table. <laughs> but it's like, dude, this is this is the commitment that we made. Let's yeah. let's rock and roll. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it is. Yeah, yeah. Like all these things are you, knowing it ahead of time if you're selecting a puppy is big. But if you've already made that decision, it, it, like don't don't look at it like a oh man, well I should have done this, I should have done that. Like hey, what do we do now? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Rock with it. Yeah. I will say when Vader got on that bite sleeve though, his grip. Dude, he had some he bite pressure. He wasn't letting go. He had some bite pressure. <laughs> he had some bite pressure now. 
Kevin, or not Kevin, Chris, what is a common misunderstanding about dog training? A common misunderstanding about dog training. Yes. Mm. Okay, good. Uh, good, yes. Good, 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 good. good, good. <laughs> right, so. How much time you got? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I hear this all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, especially clients considering sending their dogs to a board and train, right? They're like, oh, I don't want my dog to be a robot, mm-hmm. right? But then we do, we come after training and there's like all this work that has to be done. And like, what the heck? Why can't my dog just do this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, so you do want a robot, right? Like mm-hmm. dogs aren't robots. You know what I mean? So like a lot of people have these expectations of training where it's like, you just do this thing and it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good to go. Like, okay, my dog knows the sit. Now we're good. I don't have to do anything else. Now now I just go and live life and I just tell them to do whatever and they do it. Like, no, that's, that's a robot. You know what I mean? I think dog training is, it's a journey. From, from start to finish. You know what I'm saying? So even if you get involved in a board and train, a good board and train trainer is going to follow up with you, continue to train with you, continue to work through stuff. But then even, let's say, even like with us clients that do a board and train, we do several follow-up sessions and we teach them. We're, if, you're, if you're doing things right, you're teaching them how to navigate life. So now if a scenario comes up, they don't need their train. You should make yourself obsolete as a trainer. Mm-hmm. That these, these people should be able to navigate life. Oh, I can use my training protocols to navigate this. Or, hey, I want to get involved in this behavior. I want my dog to do this. They should know how to navigate that because of what you taught them as a trainer. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Did I did I answer the question or did I? T- I, what was the I do I do fear <laughs> sometimes I go down no, common misunderstanding. Common misunderstanding. Common so misunderstanding. so the the misunderstanding is that like people people have these unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. of training like i should just train i should just train the dog and it's done like it's a mm-hmm. like it's a, a service for your car you know mm-hmm. I, I got got my brakes fixed they should be good mm-hmm. you know and, t- and then i'll just pay to get them fixed when they run out again like now you got to maintain these things yeah. we see it all the time owners that don't maintain it and their dogs goes right back to what they were doing before training but what happens when the dogs come and visit us Boom! Right back into training protocols, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Because because they're being held to these things, right? <laughs> like this is a this is a long term journey with your dog, um, and I think a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, even when you lay it out, yeah. Because I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, we taught the clients before, I'm like, all right, here's what's going to happen after training. Here's what we need to do. Now things may happen. We may have to adjust. You know, I can't say for sure right now. You know, I know more as I you know learn right. your dog and everything. But then they get back. They're like, oh, I, I, I can't spend all day with my dog. Right. <laughs> I'm like, right. well, you don't have to. Like, yeah. I've mapped it out for you. Right. you know? yeah. uh, but some people just, you know, can't do that. Well, and going back to like the breed thing, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or di- every dog is different. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you might be look. Let's say you're looking at videos of trainers and you see them working this dog, and you're like, I want that. Mm-hmm. I want what that trainer has. Like, you have no idea what that, what kind of work that 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 person's yeah. been doing on, or what they what they're dealing with. Not to, not to also like. Not to mention the the baggage that your dog may have. Yeah. Like th- there's a lot of things that have to be sorted out. Let's say your dog's super reactive, super aggressive, but you're looking at, uh, you know, a trainer doing bite work, and you're like, oh, I want to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I've done that, right? Mm-hmm. I was I've been in that boat. It's like we got other things we got to worry about. We got mm-hmm. other things that we need to tackle, and it's like you you have these unrealistic expectations for your dog and it's just going to hinder you guys and then it's going to dishearten you because you're like oh man it's not working this training's not working like no we got to put in the work and maybe maybe adjust our goals and stuff a little bit you know what i mean now when y'all see uh videos of chad working bane Mm. you have no idea yeah you have no idea (laughs) you have no idea but it's also where they are in that progression like you're seeing a snippet in time a video of Mm -hmm. that dog after 
X amount of time before that mm-hmm. of training. Like mm-hmm. that's not going to happen next day. Right. right. So don't get discouraged by that either. Mm-hmm. Just trust the process. Like, and that's why we always say, yes, it's an investment, but like we're here for that support mm-hmm. for the lifetime. Mm-hmm. Cause like we want to get you to that point. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just a matter of like that commitment, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's a whole commitment. That's why yeah. our group classes are format. Like we have tier system in our group <laughs> classes, yeah. right? Like oh, yeah. people are at different levels in training. So it doesn't make sense for somebody that's been, training for five years with us mm-hmm. to be in the basic in the, the basic level of people right. people are just hey we're, we're trying to get heel Entry position down class. you know what i'm saying yeah. mm-hmm. so like you break break it out according to their progression and you should be doing that yourself at home like where where are you at what do you need to work on mm-hmm. a lot of people try to just they, they, they just want to move fast want to mm-hmm. go 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 like hey most of my follow-ups with my clients is is hey slow things down back off a little bit like you're you need to master this heel position before we go on the walk be in your driveway, master this, this little thing, master it. We're, we're trying to think big picture. I want to go on a hike with my dog. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, to get there, we got to do all these other steps, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's, I think a common misunderstanding with dog training. Focus on your fundamentals. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, you got to train yourself. Yeah. If you always do what you always did, you always get what you always got, mm-hmm. you know, so you got to change yourself too. It's yeah. not just about training your dog. Mm-hmm. It's about training you. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Aaron, what are some common challenges in dog training? I mean, I would say that uh, uh, no dog is the same, right? So, like, um, kind of like tailoring off of what Chris said earlier, right? There's no black and white answer to any any problem, right? Um, you have to take into consideration background, their lifestyles, you know, and then what's in front of you. So mm-hmm. being able to adjust on the fly, being able to adapt your plan, and then also as a trainer, being able to recognize if you need help, right? If you mm-hmm. need to, con- you know, reach out to your um, coworkers or, you know, to someone else like, hey, um, maybe I don't have the answers, right? So like just kind of troubleshooting together as a team and kind of going off of that, making sure that at the end of the day, you're checking your ego to help that Mm -hmm. dog, you know? So that's going to be the most important, but it can be the most difficult, you know, no matter how many years of doing it could be one, could be five, seven, eight, whatever. Um, you know, being able to accept the fact that you, you need help, you know? So Um, I think that could be, you know, and then being able to adjust on the fly, you know, it may not be, you know, the normal amount of repetitions or the normal amount of distraction sessions, right? You may have to put in more time with that dog, right? Which comes then you're, you're maybe going into your personal time or you're, you're putting in a little bit more, um, than, you know, what's necessary for another, um, but being able to recognize that and act on it because it gets the job done. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Kevin, did you have something you want to add? No, I mean, I, I think, I don't you know. sound like you did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, like, solo dog trainers do it. Because, yeah. like, in the group format, like we have, like you said, we can rely on each other. She said, you may have the answers. You just might not be able to see it. Right. And then you start talking, you know, because it could be, like, maybe some frustration or something. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to Chris or Chad. And they're like, hey, why don't you try this? I'm like, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or maybe you just need someone to push your buttons a little bit. You need some help with that. Uh-huh. You sure you You're got that? that one. Yeah. Well, that's. A, I mean, we do. Like as humans, we get tunnel vision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're in the thick of it with that dog day in day out, trying to tr- troubleshoot all these things, and you're like, 
I mean, you're just, sometimes that outside perspective, you need a calmer person that's not in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they just, they, you're like, oh, duh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You just needed that, you know, a little that bit grounding, of outside you know? perspective. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're comfortable and like you feel like you have all the answers, it's time to retire. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I That's what people say about teaching. I feel like when you have a skill set, that's, that's the general saying. So it's like if you're not constantly learning and developing then something's wrong, you know? Complacency kills. That's Mm -hmm. why I like the team aspect Mm -hmm. because it's like something I could have ruled out, like Mm -hmm. that won't work, you Mm -hmm. know? And then we talk and it's like, well, why won't it? Mm -hmm. You know? So it's like, well, I don't (laughs) know. Maybe you just need to borrow someone else's food rewards. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Wow. (laughs) I got something that I'm missing. (laughs) All right, Kevin, give me one trick to teach a dog and how to teach it. One trick. (laughs) One trick. a parlor trick? It's a trick, not your obedience. I think you're talking some kind of trick. (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't think. I think Kevin's like me. We don't do dog tricks. Well, you got it. You got to. I mean, Zdeno does touch pads, and he can do like five at a time. Mm. Five. Five. He only has four paws. Well, I mean, I'll lay five out. He can Uh, switch between uh, you know five different ones. I thought you were doing four paws and a nose or at one time. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like twister. Um, but no, nah, I mean, so for that, like say touch pads, which technically I guess that'd be obedience because it's a prerequisite to some, um, like service training. But for me, I use it as like a mental mind game. Uh, so for that, I mean, it's, it's you break it down. You know, it's hey, let me guide him to where I want him, show him what I want him to do. Obviously, having the foundation of obedience is good because when my dogs go to a touch pad, I want them to seek it out, put two paws on it, then sit, right? Turn and face me, and then sit. So if I guide them to it, shift their body, guide him into a sit while both paws are on there, then I'm just going to build repetitions of that uh, until I can condition my verbal marker, until I can operate with it at a distance. You know, it's just repetition, repetition, repetition at that point. Um, But anything, any trick that you teach, it's always to the fundamentals, to the learning theory. Guide them into it, shape the behavior, repetition, repetition. Take your time uh, and just start your conditioning from there, you Mm -hmm. know. But, yeah. Chris, what are the what are your top three things that dog owners are not doing that they should be doing? Holy Just three. Crap. Top three. <laughs> top three. Top. I don't even know. I dang. I think I need more time to prepare for that. <laughs> top oh, come three. on, I okay. sent you the script the last script night. Was sent yeah. Oh, was, yeah, what like nine p.m. Aaron was in harassing bed, me going about to sleep. it. Um, <laughs> structure, lack of structure, lack of exercise, mental and physical. We'll put that in one. Mm-hmm. We'll give that to you. We'll let you combine this. Hmm. I mean, well, he wants I'm trying to save one he more. Wants, he wants another one. Lack of structure, physical, mental exercise, um, communication. I'd say lack of communica- proper communication. Mm. Uh, and that goes back to the anthropomorphism, right? So lack of communication or too much communication? Which is lack of, com- like, mm. bra- bad communication. Mm. Like, we're just talking to our dogs. Like, mm. like, we should be able to have rational conversations with them and them understand, right. you know, they know. They know when they've done the wrong thing. <laughs> like, oh, you bad girl. You're bad, bad, bad. dog's just like, looking. dog's like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? I uh, tell him no. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah, respect it. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like people over communicate right mm-hmm. or or just it's just not there there's just no the dog doesn't really understand they're they're feeding off of your body language things like that so mm-hmm. like that with, with a good tra- training fa- foundation and training you, you you can establish a good communication by probably doing much much less right. than what you're doing you know oh, what yeah. i mean two words good no make an association to those words good reward no correction right structure 
I mean, that solves, it's like right off the rip, day one with a dog, whether it's a rescue, whether it's a puppy, what, like implement structure right off the rip. You know what I mean? That like will solve what? a lot of your issues. Like what? So like managing where your dog goes, has access to in the house, has mm-hmm. access to in the backyard, not allowing them to freely do whatever they want when they want. Right. And again, this goes to anthropomorphism. People struggle with this. Oh my gosh, how can you do that? I'm like, mm-hmm. my puppy now is almost five months old. He's just now getting limited exposure to free roam around the house. You know what I'm saying? For the first five months of his life, he's been either in an X-Pen on a spot once he knew that, right, or with me on the leash or in his kennel. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's it. And that's not cruel. Like, I'm giving him everything else he needs. And then, like, obviously with the exercise things, I mean, just like we're seeing with human beings, I mean, obesity in dogs is insane you know what i mean it's, it's like normalized. we're over we're overfeeding them they need two meals a day and they need to have all this and it's like they're they're super fat right um not just exercise calories yeah, excess right, calories. Right, right, right excess calories but yeah the exercise is a big one just mm-hmm. the mental and the physical i mean i've seen people that do a good job exercise like i walk miles this many miles a day but i'm still having you know my dogs <laughs> jacked all the time like well you're probably not doing enough mental things mm-hmm. like making them think through problems and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's about the balance of of both of those because like most dogs don't need to have that hours and hours and hours of exercise every single day you know what i mean even even like your high drive working dogs don't necessarily need that you know what i mean you're giving them enough mental stimulation it kind of levels them out a little bit yeah. so if i had to put there's there's probably more on the list but well your top those three would be, those would be your my three, three that, that yeah you on gotta a limit yourself that i gotta pull out you gotta limit you yeah aaron what do you see other dog trainers doing that just really pisses you off <laughs> I'm glad you asked her and not me. <laughs> I'm glad to get us banned. <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, I don't really even bother looking at other dog trainers okay. if I'm being honest. But right. I'll we'll jump push in. it. To I'll Kevin. jump in. I mean, we'll I, push I, it I, to I Kevin. mean, yeah. I'm. So, I we'll would say. I would say Keep just. You, um, <laughs> n- you know, not educating their clients to the turning away. You know, so recommending. You know, this dog just can't be trained. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, this dog needs to be put down, um, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, or, you know, sh- board and train, you know, two-week programs, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. You Even sometimes, you know, or just, yeah, I mean, weird methods, the spray bottle. Yeah. Throwing the, things. The thro- throwing bean bags at your dog Shaking to get them to screws. stop doing. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Uh, if they're doing the wrong thing, just scare the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I mean, just one that's too far on the side of operant conditioning, right? You know, mm-hmm. so like on only either. utilizing like certain spectrums or certain, um, you Such know, as? like only positive reinforcement or only, you know, uh, positive punishment, right? So not being well-versed in toggling through all of them. And mm-hmm. like we've talked about, most of the times they are and they just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. But then they're pushing onto their clients the mindset that anything other than this is bad, you know, and it is bad for your dog. Um, or just telling them, you know, these weird rules they have to have on their dog's life. Well, your dog just can't go to the farmer's market or your dog just shouldn't go here or, you know, your dog's always going to be like this. So speaking mm-hmm. in absolutes um, when that's not necessarily going to be the truth, you mm-hmm. know, or that there's they haven't done all that they can do. Um, to kind of help them, I feel like, and that's brief. I mean, Kevin, for me, do you want to add to that? <laughs> he definitely does. Yeah, too much physicality. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their go-to right away. Just uh, 
you know, just being too way too rough with the dog. I can't tell you how many consultations I went in. They're like, yeah, we had a trainer come in, you know, last week. They put a prong collar on the dog, pulled up on it, you know, kind of made him sit. And in my head, I'm like, oh, that's bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? We want our dogs to be motivated to perform those things, not just, you know, out of fear for what might may happen. We want them to perform it because it feels good, because they want to do it. Like, understand that, too. Like, yeah. understand what's going on there. When that trainer comes over, puts a prong collar on, and applies pressure, that that consultation is really them seeing how does your dog respond to pressure. Yeah. Oh, they responded pretty good. Yeah, so I can use pressure very quickly and, get, and right. accomplish, your, mm-hmm. accomplish all the obedience within two weeks, blah, 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 whatever. You know what I'm saying? Versus like, what are we doing in a consultation? We're, we're just looking at the dog. Like, we're just mm-hmm. going to meet you, talk to you. We're not, we don't even need to meet your dog. We're just looking at them like, okay, I see some insecurity. Here's, some, here's how we're going to navigate that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, Kevin. Go ahead. No, 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 you're good. Well, something that pisses me off, like what there you're saying, Kevin, is like, you know, you got these trainers on YouTube or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm, gonna, I'm well, not doing yeah. any answers. This is the well, one you that know, gets, Kevin started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin got me going. <laughs> hey, rant's on it. Kevin bro. got me going. But the thing that pisses me off is you got these trainers like on YouTube. Like you said, they're, they're doing a private session or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to generate content or they're trying to do something. And so it's the first time they met the dog. I got this super aggressive dog, mm-hmm. super aggressive German Shepherd. It's the first time I met him. And they they have the owner throw a muzzle on the dog. They're letting the dog act a fool. And they might probably amping up the dog to make it act a fool more so they get the, the views mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. YouTube or whatever. They got like a like a doggy pet cot, and they're like using as it as a shield. Oh <laughs> they're using it as a shield. This dog's trying to attack me. I got to shield myself with this pet cot. Let me grab this prong collar, yank on the dog, yank this, yank that. This shit pisses me off mm. because I'm like, you're not going through the freaking steps. Yeah. Like, why would you even do that? Why mm. wouldn't you take your time and establish a relationship? You know. And on this YouTube video, they get the dog sitting in five minutes with the muzzle on. They don't wow. have to. They don't have to have the pet cot shield Miracle. anymore, you know. And it's like you're a freaking idiot. Yeah. You're a yeah. freaking idiot. You're disgusting, yeah. you know. Because you, what you should do is instead of doing that, you take the time, right, to establish relationship, establish engagement, and build everything up. Why would you have the dog practice bad behaviors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why would you have the dog go into a stress state when it doesn't need to? You just need to take more time. That shit pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. so. I mean, I can't tell you how many dogs I've trained to where. I mean, I'm thinking of one right now. A trainer walked in, looked at the dog, said, I can't train that dog. Mm-hmm. Nobody can, and left. Mm-hmm. You know? I come in, the dog's like, bruh. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> it's like, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Come yeah. on. That was something I was going to add to it. It's like the flip side of it, though. They won't even interact with the dog. They right. won't They won't grab the leash. They won't do anything. They're just kind of verbally instructing, and it's just not uh, setting anyone up for success. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I mean, and also, it's to a level of like, okay, like, why won't you grab the leash? You know, right. I've talked to several people like that where it's just like we had a trainer come over, uh, but she wouldn't she wouldn't grab the leash or he wouldn't grab the leash. And uh, they basically told me that, you know, we can't train the dog. And it's like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, there's a level. Right. Like like you said, we go over, we're looking at the dog. But if you sign up for tr- sessions with this trainer mm-hmm. and you're in it like, you know, and you're and you're making progress, but they they refuse to interact with your dog mm-hmm. there's a level to that where i'm wondering why you know or, or red flags are going up well to a you degree. T- too if you're signing up with a trainer and they're recommending sessions for an aggressive dog that they can't grab the leash yeah. on because they're going to get major yeah. you know bites on them and stuff like that instead of telling you hey this dog should need to go to a board and train mm-hmm. so it can be immersed into a training environment and learn at a level that it needs to learn at from an expert 
you know, then that's a red flag too. Right. You know. My number one thing is it directly affects me. Because you're out there, you're saying you're a dog trainer. When you give your opinion, they're going to think that that's going to be across the board. Mm. You know, how many times have we heard, oh, well, I've had trainer say that this dog needs to be put down. A dog is not even that bad, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's just the trainer couldn't do it or didn't know how or whatever. They're saying it needs to be put down. And now I'm like, not arguing, but the person's like, well, they said it needs to be put down. And as a professional, I can't just sit there and be like, well, they're full of shit. They don't know what they're doing. They're I pull, mean, you get. pulling that out their ass in a certain way. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, but just like just like anything in life, you go to a doctor and you get an opinion on something. Yeah. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we're gonna amputate your arm or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. going to a different I doctor. might go get a second opinion. <laughs> I might go and talk to some people, sure? which a lot of people. You know will, what I mean? But some people just take that at face right. value, right? And they're like, oh well, I can't do this. My dog's you know screwed up. There's no help for him. Mm. Yeah. You know when there is. Yeah. Um, so that or you that's, just make the call. You know, okay, well, yeah. this trainer said put the dog down. They put the dog down. Now, now they discover another trainer. So right. it's like, and that's that's one of the worst things because everything that happens with these YouTube guys with the pet cot shields and these consultations that go before us, it directly affects everything that we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the purpose of this: get the education out there. But well, also, we a lot of people road. watch the YouTube. They're like, oh, that should be done in five minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. My dog should be doing this in five minutes. You know. Why can't this be done in five Again, minutes? false expectations goes back to that stuff. I've had dogs where it's just straight up like seven, eight days of pure relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So, mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Takes time. Chris, what are the pros and cons of doggy daycare? Hmm. <laughs> 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 I mean, I, whew, I'm trying to think of a list of pros. Could be, soci- could be good socialization for your dog. Could be. Probably isn't. All right. Uh, Here's the deal. Here's the deal with doggy daycare. <laughs> okay. Just you got to vet them. You got to vet your doggy daycare. All right. I worked at a doggy daycare. Okay. So I can I can speak from personal Back in experience. The day. Back in the day, I was in high school. It's a good summer job. Okay. Did a little bit in college. Also, too. your girlfriend. My, at the time. My now wife. Your current yeah. wife. Right. right. Let's let's make she sure happened we're, to work there too. Yeah. 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 yeah so don't we get know, totally mad. We know at why you were working there. <laughs> your <Yeah>. girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> also, my brother and my cousin. So it's kind of like a family family, family deal. Yeah, family order. Here's the deal: we're bu- there. Like we would have a shift of three, maybe four Wait, people. Josh was there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He oh. did for a little bit. Okay. Um, anyway, continue. We would have a shift. Of, most of the time, it was three. If we're stacked, sometimes two, mm. sometimes four. You know, and we could have up to seventy-five dogs. Mm. Right. So do the math. It doesn't take long. I'm not a math. I'm not a math person. We yeah, know we this. Know. We know this. Right. But. <laughs> Three people working seventy-five dogs ain't gonna happen. Twenty-five dogs right? per person. So what's happening? Like, we 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 would have these twenty by twenty play areas, right? And and again, keep in mind we're high schoolers, right? So like we're not trained in in dog behavior or you know. And now we get yeah, I've been around dogs. I know dogs. But yeah, okay, right. So like we would just throw dogs into these play areas to play, and like very, every, almost every time there'd be some type of dog fight and it's like oh, that's just part of like they got to work it out you just throw them in there they're, they're having these little scuffles and things like that right mm-hmm. and so like sometimes it would just work out but a lot of times there were dog fights we don't know what we're doing um, we're like the protocols were like hey just get these buckets of water dump the water on them when they start fighting and that would separate them <laughs> you know what i'm saying so i'm like to me it's like utter like no looking back at those experiences knowing nothing when i did but knowing what i know now i'm like Dude, that was that was chaos. It's not <laughs> good for dogs. Sometimes, a lot of times, yes, it worked out. There were times where like dogs were compatible. They're playing. They're having a good time. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's that aspect of the socialization that can be beneficial. Dogs uh, play, fighting, and and doing performing those rituals can be beneficial. But to me, 
that's going to be more beneficial to do that in a more structured environment. You know what I'm saying? You're not there. Uh, you, you, we're, we're not like uh, the employees of the doggy daycare don't have a hundred percent oversight over everything. Go out of all those 75 dogs or whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Uh, so all it takes is potentially one, one incident for your dog to get bullied on or attacked or, or, uh, pinned down or something for your dog to make a decision. Hey, dogs are not bad. Not dogs are not good. And I have to be aggressive and now I have to fight. Now you have a reactive dog. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of our clients are like, I don't know where this dog reactivity came from. Mm. You know, well, the first question, do you go to doggy daycare? Yeah, yeah, every day, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, and I'm not saying that, like, <laughs> hey, just because you, you send your dog to doggy daycare that they're going to become aggressive. But right. a lot of times that's an underlying thing that, that can be causing it. Dog parks, you can throw that in there as well, throw that in, mm. the, in that category. I would say, to me, just my personal opinion, there's more cons than there are pros to doggy daycare because you can't control the environment. I'm sure there are doggy daycares that are doing great things you know there probably are doggy daycares that have trained staff and people that could recognize body language and maybe make the right calls Mm -hmm. so like i'm not trying to just you know shit on all doggy daycares like i'm sure there are good ones out there so you got to just vet them so yeah i'm asking questions like how many people are you know on the shift uh what i'm going to take a tour i want to see what's what's going on what's what i mean when i like first thing when we get there we let the dogs out to go to the bathroom right like all the kennels are in this big main area we would just open the back run door and just open all the kennels loose dogs just coming all out you know what i'm saying dog mm-hmm. dog fights happening and all that say hey stop that we're just splitting them up i mean it's chaos it's just Stampede. chaos so it's just not it's not a good environment especially if you've got other underlying things like your dog has insecurity your dog has anxiety you know what i'm saying like or your dog's just a little bit extra you know what i mean those dogs that have a lot of pent up energy and they're just they're just a little bit crazy like mm-hmm. some dogs don't respond well to that you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and they come at another dog they come at the wrong dog with that energy and things are going to go bad mm-hmm. so it's just not enough that you can control uh for me to be able to recommend doggy daycares mm-hmm. i did talk to one that uh they they seem pretty pretty good as mm-hmm. far as um is nowadays a lot of them will actually have a classification system mm-hmm. for like play styles like one's like a push-pull play style yeah. and it's whatever they've come up with for what they've recognized but they'll separate them accordingly mm-hmm. but still it's still at the yeah. court can be chaos sure mm-hmm. you know sure. yeah i also just think the socialization is way more beneficial for you to do with your dog you know like that's going to be way more beneficial than your dog just doing it on their own Mm -hmm. um when you drop them off and then you pick them up and like you know you're there is more at risk like then you don't necessarily know what happens like let's say and just using your example like my dog got a bucket of water dumped on him i'm picking him up i'm like what what is this but oh that was the morning shift i I don't really know what happened there's you know so there's there's room for errors there but yeah i mean way more beneficial to have you know you taking your dog out and doing that with them right like working on a recall like all those things if you have that foundation of training are going to be way more beneficial to you and your dog than just if satisfying its needs on its own don't outsource that stuff right you know what i mean like those are things you should take responsibility of don't outsource it to other people like i I don't know again it ties into the anthropomorphism a little bit i get that because people are like well i'm at work all day my my dog shouldn't have to sit at home Mm -hmm. he should go and have playtime and have fun time and go to daycare and stuff just like we would do with our human children right so it's like i get that aspect but it's like you gotta weigh the pros and cons here and like like i said there's way more cons than there are pros Mm -hmm. i really can't think of any under that structure if the if the doggy daycare is uh, operating like i just explained like most do 
I can't really think of any pros. There's mm-hmm. a potential pro for socialization. Like Aaron said, do that on your own. You'll get way more benefits. Well, yeah, when you look at socialization, you know, definition is, you know, creating that positive experience in close proximity to new people, places, and things. Good mm-hmm. job. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was likes, in there. Pretty he good. likes his definitions. <laughs> so, like, a bucket of water or a dogfight that could seem traumatic, like, there goes the positive. Yeah. It's right. out the window. Right. Right. So now we're, now we're regressing. Yep. And mm-hmm. actually, this made me think of something because I had a client recently that was complaining that they picked their dog up from daycare and they were soaking wet mm. and dirty and this and that. And the people were just like, well, yeah, we don't know. Mm. And like, Probably got a bucket like, of water dumped Right. <laughs> it just tri- – I'm about to call and be like, I think I know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, for someone that feels like they need to send their dog to a doggy daycare because I work all day and this and that, what are some things they could do to alleviate going to a doggy daycare? Get a brother. Take your dog on a walk. Take mm-hmm. ownership of your progression. Take ownership of your dog, of what your dog's needs are, just like just like you should with your human kids, right? That part, you, that, that part is in line, right? But mm. work what, give them what they need as a dog. You know what I'm saying? I, I need, they need, they, we, we say in general, an hour of, of physical stimulation per day. That's not unreasonable. I don't care if you work 12 hour shifts. I don't like, sometimes we work 12, 14 hour shifts, mm-hmm. but I, I've got three dogs. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, you got to do it. You have to do it. Work, figure it out. How are you going to plan that out? Whether you split up that time amongst your family, whether you do it yourself, 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening, it's not that hard. And then you have off days too. Like if you're off or whatever, you can do more than that hour. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you got this dog. Uh, take ownership of that and what is needed to be done with that dog. Mm-hmm. And if you absolutely had to, you could get like someone to come by the house. Sure. Mm-hmm. You'd have to train them to do what you're doing, you know, but you could get mm-hmm. them to come by the house and take your dog yeah. out in the middle of the day or something like now that. that now, that being said, there are situations. People are like, hey, I got to go out of town. You know what I'm saying? I need to board my dog. I got to go. I can't bring a dog or whatever. So it's like I have talked to clients in that where whether let's just say our boarding is full or they don't live near us and they can't board with us. Like that's a that would be a conversation maybe with that doggy daycare. Like, hey, mm. my dog does not need to partake in any kind of playtime or anything like that. Like just kennel them, take them out to go to the bathroom, feed them, keep them alive. You know what I'm saying? Are they going to be pent up for that week or three days or whatever that I'm, I'm out of town? Yes. But – uh, that's going to be more beneficial than some incident happening. So I'm like, if you can, if you can communicate that with the doggy daycare and you're trusting that they're like, Hey, no play time. Or we did, we would have like these little 10 by 10s. So there were dogs that were like that dog, this dog cannot play with others. So they'd be in that 10 by 10 by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if that's like an arrangement you can make with your doggy daycare, cause you got to board them when you go out of town and stuff, that's, that's kind of the approach I would take. Mm-hmm. All right. Good to go. Any other uh, thoughts on anything? Closing thoughts? It's okay for your dog to be bored sometimes. Mm, don't feel or beneficial. Be bored. Don't, beneficial. Yeah, your don't. dog has to learn to be bored. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. I mean, I was that person like, I can't leave the house for more than four hours. You mm-hmm. know, they're in the kennel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would force them to be out of the kennel because it made me feel better. Mm-hmm. And then I came home to things being destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. So then there's a safety issue. So I'm like, all right, you're going back in the kennel. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, we've talked about this too. Put a camera up. Look at what your dogs are doing when you're gone. Mm-hmm. Most, If they're not destroying something, most likely they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so they can sleep in a kennel, you know? We know um, pet dogs, for a fact, they sleep 80% of their day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pet so, dogs do. I mean, if you're forcing your dog to be active like that all the time, mm-hmm. like you, you could be creating, you know, some other effects, you know, of like your dog has to constantly be going or mm-hmm. um, they, you know, maybe some anxiety or some separation anxiety and things like that. So just be mindful i feel like of 
Like Which not only being bored, but being stressed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. stress is not a bad thing, right? Because how, how can we learn to operate, all, all of us, dogs, people, how can we learn to operate under stress if we don't know what to do or we've never been taught how to operate under mm-hmm. stress? Stress forces adaptation. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So like a dog that has separation anxiety doesn't, it's going to be, uh, it's going to, it's not going to be beneficial to let that dog be bouncing off the walls, mm-hmm. roaming all over the place, chewing things up. Like, yeah, sure. He's still going to be anxious in the kennel, but mm-hmm. he's going to be managed. He's going to be contained. And at a certain point he will calm down. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. Like they will calm down as long as they're not getting repetitions of busting out or escaping or whatever. And obviously we got to make considerations that are not harming their, themselves and things like that. But they they got to learn to go through that stress repetitiously and that's the part people struggle with that anthropomorphism like oh this is cruel to lock them up like well we're not just locking them up right mm-hmm. like we're we're doing we're managing them right yeah. just like i wouldn't without any management let my kid just roam off and not not know where he is or whatever like it's different between humans and and dogs and like this is a perfectly uh reasonable thing to do to your dog as long as you're also giving them everything else they need on the other end yeah mm-hmm. there's a level of like you know, we like I always think about my childhood. I was bored a lot. Right. But you get you you learn things from being bored. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, I think we live in a society where there's constant stimulation. Mm-hmm. But we also have high skyrocketing, you know, mental illnesses going on, mm-hmm. you know, and things that are harming people's mindsets. And then we think our dog needs the same thing which can then tailor them need the same thing. You know, they're not in a healthy mindset at all times. So there's a healthy amount of separation, of boredom, of stress. And it's like, just, you know, don't stress yourself out thinking your dog has to constantly be going, 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 Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, What do people do when they get bored? They pull out their phone. They look at their phone. Exactly. They can't even stand being bored themselves. We put a screen in front of our kid's face, you know, at restaurants because we don't want them to be crying. We don't want them to be, you know, I don't know, like play tic-tac-toe or something yep. like, you know, so it's just learn. That's where creativity comes out for humans, right? Mm-hmm. When they're bored, they figure out how to occupy themselves, imagination. But for dogs, Hell it's like, yeah. <laughs> you should see what they do in prison. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really want that's to. That's a different podcast. I don't want that. <laughs> but oh, yeah. Artwork and stuff. Is <laughs> or throwing poop at the correction. Or throwing poop at the correction. Or artwork with the poop. Yeah. yeah that's that's actually, yes. <laughs> I mean, obviously dogs are limited, but most of the times they'll learn, hey, I can just, I can relax, I can sleep, you know, things like that. So, mm. and that's good for them. Mm. I've seen Zidane just entertain himself. Yeah. He gets it's bored. cute. Mm. He'll just like grab a toy, lay there, he's just <laughs> holding cute. it up in the air, <laughs> dropping it into his mouth and then resetting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll figure it out. Yeah. All right, let's talk about some of our sponsors and affiliates. So obviously, we are Canine Revolution Dog Train. So, we have dog training, we have board and train programs we have private lesson programs we have virtual lesson programs if you're somewhere around the world somewhere around the country uk maybe UK. maybe you, you you know your remote callers have been banned you something some like that you could reach out we can provide you a support virtually our phone number is 843-213-2676 you can call us or text us um, you can email us info at caninerevolutiondogtraining.com you can also send us a message on a social media platform, whatever's easier for you. And we uh, obviously pack talk podcast. We are with Canine Revolution Dog Training, so we're trying to give you as much information as possible. Podcast, YouTube, social media, so you can work with your dog on your own. Of course, we're here to give you that professional expertise as well. We're all professional dog trainers here, not a non-dog trainer, a professional dog mm-hmm. trainer, right? So. Keep that straight. You know what I'm saying? If you're the listener, get it right. keep that straight. 
We're also affiliated with Canine Revolution Apparel. So if you want to be good to go, you hop on Amazon, you click the link below, you get you a Canine Revolution logo shirt. Jake had one on last night. Mm-hmm. Was that your shirt? No, that was his. That was his? He's just, he needs a bigger one. He's gotten bigger. He's putting on Getting some muscle. Jack. Yeah. He's putting on some muscle. He's got to get back Serious on muscle. the apparel. Right. Buy a new one. Canine Revolution Apparel. We got the Canine Revolution logo shirt. We got the good to go shirt. Good to go hoodie. Good to go beanie. Aaron, you know the beanies? Yeah. You like the beanies? I like the beanies. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you can hop on Amazon, grab you a beanie, you'll be good to go. Grab you a hoodie, you'll be good to go. All right. Um, we got guinea shirts. We I like still guineas. I still haven't got mine yet. I Kevin, you like guineas? I like guineas. I like it when they're not Why? teenagers. <laughs> I like it when they're not honking all the time. <laughs> you like the chickens, Kevin? I like the chickens. Oh, yeah. They like me too for some reason all of a sudden. Well, they yeah. keep bum rushing my car. <laughs> well, that's because Christopher. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're also affiliated with Jocko Fuel. So if you want to fuel your body, if you want to fill any nutritional gaps in your diet, you go to JockoFuel.com. You pick you up some milk protein, protein powder, protein ready to drink, protein cookies, wherever you need it, mm-hmm. right? However you need it. Hop on to JockoFuel.com, get you some protein. Protein's the number one macronutrient you need to be paying attention to. You get your protein good to go, then you worry about the rest, Right. They also got the greens. They got the creatine. Aaron, you know creatine? Yep. They got the creatine. They got the Jocko Go energy drinks, clean energy. Mm. Chris is drinking the blue raspberry Drank. today. Gone. Drank the blue raspberry. How'd you like it? It's amazing. What's your favorite flavor right now? Uh, I like the, the 50-50. The well, this is a mango. Oh. This is, is the new mango. Oh. Mango passion yeah. fruit. I, li- I like the uh, Ice sweet tea, lemonade. Yeah, yeah sweet tea lemonade. That's a good one. That's my favorite. Don't be like Ben and open up your car door and Celsius cans fall out everywhere. Sucralose, not good. Right, Here not we good go. for you. Here we go. What's the matter, Aaron? He's he's drinking Jockos. Come on. Aaron, what's your favorite Jocko? Oh, the blue. The blueberry, oh, ra- oh, blue yeah. raspberry? We Kevin? were handing those out. Mm. I was stashing them. <laughs> half and half are pink mist. Wait, what'd you just say? What? We went to the vendor event. We're handing out oh. our Jockos and your stash. <laughs> That's why we them. ran out. That's why we, we ran, ran out. out so fast because you were throwing them in your I just ran a race, guys. I had a whole training day out. Is afterwards. that where that coffee one disappeared to? <laughs> well, look. I mean, You're I like, I don't know what them. happened to it. I was slamming them before the race. <laughs> look, you know? you know, I was just making sure I was good to go. They're good and they'll make you good to go. Yeah. And they're good for you. Yeah, Kevin, you like the pink mist? Uh, I think I might like the 50 50 better. It's between those two, though. 50 50 those. That's my go to. I got three cases that night. on standby. Nice. Cool. I ain't running out. Code single one. I ain't running out. Yeah. <laughs> Code canine revolution. Canine revolution. Sorry. Go to <laughs> jockofuel.com. Put everything you need to in your cart. When you're in your cart, put in the discount code canine revolution. You'll get 10% off. It's good for you. It's good for America. All right. So and just it's good to go. Yeah. And it's good to go. So keep that straight. Right? It's a good saying. All right. Our next affiliate canine super supplements. So mm-hmm. we've already talked about taking care of ourselves with Jocko Fuel. Now we have to take care of our dog. We have to fill any nutritional gaps in our dog's diet. We're going to do that with Canine Super Supplements. You got your supplements in a powder form. You add it to your dog's food. You've got the joint support. That's for your dog's joints. Okay. Your dog's tendons. <laughs> As okay. opposed to. <laughs> you got the uh, the Canine Multivitamin. That's for your dog's immunity. All right. Mm-hmm. You guys get that? Oh, yeah. Right? That's in your dog's immunity. Then you got the puppy formula. Mm-hmm. That one's for just overall development, whether it's a puppy, super critical for a puppy, but also adult dogs too because it's got the tripe in there. Good for that brain. You get that extra protein <laughs> profile in there. Mm. Then you got the weight gainer if you need it. Mm-hmm. If you have a high metabolism dog or a dog that struggles to gain weight, 
you know. Or you want to build muscle. Or you want to build muscle. I'll say this. It's probably not beneficial to overload your dog on kibble. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because you're going to overload their ability to process food. So now they're going to have runny poop, yep. soft poop, because you're overloading them with kibble. So you know what you do? You get them on the appropriate kibble portion they're supposed to be on. And then you add in the weight gainer. Now you're giving your dog a healthy boost that it needs to get up to a healthy weight mm-hmm. and add lean muscle. Mm. Make sense? Yep. Okay. So you can go to caninesupersupplements.com, the letter K, the number nine, supersupplements.com. Use the code CANINEREVOLUTION for 15% off. If you were to get one supplement for your dog to add into your dog's diet, I would say go with the joint, the joint supplement. Done. Because a uh, lot of the stuff. I'd say, unless you got a puppy, I would say puppy. Puppy formula is better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I think so. Why you say that? Well, I mean, better, good for, uh, it has some of the same things that are in the joint one. Right. But it's also good brain development. That tripe stuff's really, really good. Right. right? So right. I might, you know, well, so if you I, got I mean, a get puppy. both, get both. But well, yeah, but if one, you had to pick one. Yeah, yeah. You're you saying if one, you had a puppy. If I have a puppy, go six with the months puppy. younger, I'm probably going to go with that puppy one. Right. And then it's a, maybe maybe at the six months, maybe I'll switch right. them to the joint. Switch to the joint, yeah. But I, I get all four, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I get, all, I get all three. I get the joint, the multivitamin, the puppy. But if you if you pick one. Yeah, I would say yeah. get the joint yeah, overall, because yeah. it has those things in it that you're not going to get in other food. Mm-hmm. And we want our dog's joints good to go. Yeah. We're looking for that longevity aspect in our dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Talking about dog longevity, that brings us to our next affiliate, which is We Feed Raw. So how would you feel eating cereal every day of your life with no milk in it? Like it's basically my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm like not cereal. saying cereal with milk that ain't good to go because I mean we all like. No, cereal. it's not really. It's not that good. It's horrible. You don't like no. cereal with milk. Uh, I mean, I mean, I like day. it. It's just not every good. day. Maybe like well, once, maybe once a it. month, I'll have some. cereal. I mean, come on, cocoa crisps. Come on. Really? How about fruity pebbles <laughs> That's with milk? Uh, come on, fruity pebbles. <laughs> I mean, with if milk. I had to do cereal, cinnamon toast crunch. Whoa, Ooh, dude, that's now scratching we're talking. your mouth. Fruity all pebbles is that granny and pap life. That's why. You know, like hits the roof of your mouth. No, because I chew my food. Anyway, I mean, anyway, <laughs> we're getting off the cereal train. We want to help our dogs on that longevity aspect. You guys are going off on cereal. That went crazy. You, you asked. We feed Ross okay. in there like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> My food's Fruity Pebbles. So our next affiliate, We Feed Raw, what they do is they deliver nutritionally balanced raw food directly to you. And so you can go on their website. You can sign up for a meal plan. They're going to ask you a bunch of questions about your dog specifically so they can recommend a meal plan for you. You sign up for a meal plan. You use the code Canine Revolution. That gets you 25% off. They ship that to you at a, at a whatever schedule that you tell them to, or you can cancel it at any time, right? But what that does, you could do it a couple ways. You could get raw food. You could feed your dog completely raw food, right? You could do like a 50-50, 50% kibble. 50% raw, right? Or you could do 100% kibble, no raw. That's going to be disadvantageous to you, right? Because not, you know, that nutritional profile that your dog needs, your dog needs for longevity. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So from my perspective, budget-friendly wise, you get that kibble because there are some benefits to some kibbles, some benefits. You get that raw, you got all the benefits of that raw. 50 kibble, 50% raw. Then you add in your canine super supplement on top of that. Now you got the whole package. You got the the whole package. Now you're good to go. Now you're definitely good to go. (laughs) Right? But the thing about the raw food that takes your dog back to the way their ancestors ate, you know, 
out in the wild, your dog ain't eating kibble because kibble ain't in the wild. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you like eating, Chris? Yourself. I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a foodie, so right. I, mean, I like I like some cheeseburgers. Okay. Some steak. Well, <laughs> <laughs> cheeseburgers ain't in the wild, but steak Mozzarella is. sticks. Yeah, well, we the beef is like the beef of the, the burger patty is. You know, I'm just adding some extra. Th those are my supplements. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> the tomato, the ketchup. <laughs> 90% of the food you eat, 80% of the food you eat, is it going to be a food that could be found naturally in the world? Or is yes. it going to be a food that is created? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, natural. Process. So we want to give our dogs food that's more natural, mm -hmm. right? So if we do that 50% kibble, 50% raw, we're getting them that natural aspect, right? Nutritionally balanced. Then we fill in the canine super supplements. Now we got all nutritional gaps filled. Anyway... We feed raw 25% off code Canine Revolution. You get that meal plan specifically. It's a deal. Get, That's a lot. That's oh, yeah, a deal. 25% off. You get that uh, meal plan specifically for your dog. And I have three dogs. So what I did is I made a meal plan for one of my dogs. And I just dispersed that food among all three of my dogs. Because mm -hmm. I'm also doing 50% kibble, 50% raw to be more budget friendly. Even with the 25% off code. Because that definitely helps. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So check it out. You know, there's a lot of dogs out there that have food allergies. There's a lot of dogs out there that have food problems. And you switch them to a raw diet, you can alleviate a lot of those things, right? So check it out. Let us know what you guys think about that. Use the code. Get you that big discount that even shot Kevin, you know. I mean, that's Kevin sees 10% off. He's like, eh. 15% no. off, whatever. 25%. Kevin's like, holy shit. That's a lot. <laughs> so anyway. Those are our affiliates, our sponsors. If you guys have questions, let us know. You can click the link below. Go check them out. And for all you dog trainers out there, training dogs the right way, treating people the right way, taking care of dogs and owners, not not the fakes, not the phonies. Not the phonies. We're hiring. Jabronis. Right. Not the, jab <laughs> not the jabronis. You know, not the fakers. We're talking about the real deal dog trainers. Mm. Stay on, strong. Man. Stay on your path. Being a dog trainer can be tough. It can be a challenge. And without a team, you can burn out. Which, like Kevin said, we're looking for good dog trainers yep. to add to our team. Professional dog trainers. Take as many vacations as you want. Ask Eric. Yeah. You can take vacations. As many as you want. <laughs> I'm taking two this year. <laughs> I've already taken two. You have? It's 2024. <laughs> it's that doesn't count. That's, that's going 30 hiking. days into the year you're you taking did a return. two vacations. Uh, you I took mean, a dog. I, I mix business and pleasure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So. Me too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway keep your head in the game dog trainers keep the head in the game with your passion your dedication your discipline make sure you press on hell yeah help the dogs help the people keep your passion the way it should be mm -hmm. right and if you see fake and phony dog trainers out there make sure you call them out make sure you say something or bring them bring them to the light bring them to the light but you know what? Yeah, too far gone they yeah. got they got egos they, they won't they won't change that's mm -hmm. the problem Maybe they will. No. Maybe they won't. No. Call them out. See what happens. Yeah. So, good to go. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your support. Please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us any feedback. Let us know if we can help you. And until next time, this is Pack Talk Podcast.